Julie. And I'm Lisa. Together we are two sober chicks. I just decided to let you do it by yourself. Oh, I love that. (laughs) We are um, not recording in the same city. I'm in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and Julie is in Nashville, Tennessee. Yes, ma'am. And so we're doing this over a, a video conferencing platform. Someone told me today from Canada, because her and I are like pen pals only, it's through voice notes. She's like, I'm really loving how your um, sweet Canadian accent is like morphing a little into a Southern accent. You can really start to hear it. And I was like, what? I don't want to be like Lindsay Lohan or Madonna who gets shit all over because people think they're faking an accent. It's just (laughs) when you hear people talk a certain way all the time, your words change. Like, I don't say South anymore, like a Canadian, I say South and people are starting to notice it. I don't know it, but because I love Southern accents, I'm not mad about it, but (laughs) maybe people have started to notice that in this podcast. I don't know. That was, I don't, I used to pick up accents and I used to be really good at them when I was wasted. Like if I was with a group of Aussies, (laughs) I would sound like I was also from Australia. Uh, or England, and, but I can't do accents sober. <laughs> I love accents. I'm currently obsessed with the Real Housewives of Melbourne, mm-hmm. Melbourne, and I hope we have listeners from there because they're just the coolest. Really, we do. The analytics say that we do. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I like looking Our at the down uh, under. That's so awesome. The what is it? iPod, iCast uh, analytics because it tells mm-hmm. you like who's listening in what states what provinces, uh, what other countries. I've learned some country names that I didn't know even existed. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool. All, All right. right. What are we talking? All right. <laughs> We're talking today about what if you say something wrong to a newcomer? Um, I, so yes. And so the reason why, do you, what if you say something wrong to the newcomer? Wait, I have wait, a, wait a second. Can you say something wrong to a newcomer? <laughs> I mean... We're, we're alcoholics. Right. So I have a real problem when we talk about the meetings exist for the newcomers, because that's not fucking true. The meeting exists for a fellowship of people who are alcoholics. And if you just gear the meeting towards newcomers, you're not feeding the long timers and things that come with a little bit more uh, recovery. Mm -hmm. And if you're only feeding the long timers, you're going to lose the newcomers. So to coddle newcomers or to gear your meetings just towards newcomers really annoys the shit out of me. So um, being told that I have said something wrong to a newcomer or criticized for it is like insanity, first of all, because we're all different human beings coming together in one place. And by the way, you and I have been in meetings where absolutely the wrong thing or (laughs) maybe the inappropriate thing has been said to a newcomer or a long timer. Mm -hmm. Um, Pointing that out, make going out of your way to say that to somebody when the content of what you said is not offensive or not damaging because most of the time it's always just a a suggestion it's not like we're correcting we're suggesting right um so i just like i have a chip on my shoulder about the like we exist for the newcomers well and by the way it's not your fucking job to like protect this poor vulnerable newcomers it's like you and i were talking about when people come out of rehab they're like so underground from the real world that they cannot handle one second outside the doors of the bubble 
And right. that's a disservice to them. It is a bubble in, in rehab. Yeah. And then they get out in the real world and, and oftentimes people do relapse because it's like, oh yeah, well, your whole life isn't scheduled. You don't get to do yoga and, uh, you know, have your meals prepared for you and then go sit in therapy for three hours and do a group session and group talk and, and then do a meeting and then have your lunch prepared. Like that's not normal. That's not real life. Um, and be heavily medicated. Well, maybe that's part of a lot of people's normal life, but uh, yeah, the saying, what's the saying that I hear often? Um, the newcomer is the most important person in the room, right? And I think, I think we, we have a program of anonymity and a program of equality. Mm-hmm. So we are all important. I often say, you know, when we talk about the still suffering alcoholic, those in and outside of these rooms, and it doesn't matter, like you can be a new person and suffering, you can be a person Mm -hmm. who's been around for a long time. And you're and you're struggling. Um, Yeah, we are all equal players in this in this field. Um, And are we doing someone a disservice by coddling them, wrapping them in bubble wrap or cotton and protecting them? I know that when I came in, um, I was a giant walking nerve ending. Like (laughs) someone would look at me wrong and I got offended. Is that, is that their fault? Because I'm super sensitive. Mm -hmm. I'm highly emotional. Um, I've had sponsees say to me, well, I'm, I'm getting in touch with my feelings. You know, I'm, I'm learning to feel my feelings. Yes. Fantastic. That's exactly what you need to do. Learn to feel those feelings, acknowledge those feelings, and then move the fuck on. (laughs) Don't sit in the feelings. That's what I used to do. I used to wallow in the feelings, sit in the feelings, and you do not get well sitting in the feelings. Acknowledge the feelings. Um, And I think part of what's happened for me, like just as we talk often about our own personal thoughts and feelings, experiences, these are our opinions. We do not express the views of AA or anybody else. These are our own. But for me, I often think people are coming in here um, out of rehab where they have group therapy and they have rules in group therapy, like no crosstalk, because if they didn't have that rule, then Sally would tell uh, Susie that she was full of shit after her share and there'd, there'd be a cat fight, you know, there'd, you know shit would get slung around the room all the time because that's group therapy, mm-hmm. which is exactly the opposite of what Alcoholics Anonymous is. Mm-hmm. And I think people forget that this yeah. isn't group therapy. Yeah, it's not. We aren't therapists. <laughs> no. we're, not, we're not here to therapize people. We are here to carry the message uh, uh, of our experience, strength, and hope to show other people that, hey, there's this book. It's called the b- big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. There's 12 steps in it. Uh, there's also the 12 and 12, another great piece of literature. We go through those things and it helps us learn how to deal with life on life's terms. So mm-hmm. protecting the newcomer or getting upset because maybe a newcomer got offended by something that was said by somebody else in a meeting um, is not helping them out. You're not preparing them um, for the real world. Like, what did you say about people who shelter their kids? Everybody gets a ribbon. Oh, everyone gets a prize. No one ever does anything wrong. There's no punishment. There's no expectations. And then you go to work (laughs) Yeah, and, your and then boss you wants you to clean toilets, and you're like, "You're harassing me." 
Yeah. Like my cousin who went on disability for nine months because her boss told her what to do. I'm like that. First of all, you should never have gone to human resources. Like who knows what you just did because by the way, your bosses are supposed to say to you, do what I do, do what I tell you to do. Yeah. He didn't tell you to suck his dick. He told you to get a project done. (laughs) Like it was crazy. (laughs) Another thing about this protecting the newcomer is you are then going to another fully adult person in a meeting and pointing out their character defects or what you perceive their character defects are, mm-hmm. which is wildly inappropriate. It's not your job to look at someone and be like, you said this wrong, you did this wrong. We're not talking about like abuse in the rooms. So we're talking about stay in your own fucking lane. <laughs> really. Stay in your lane. Yeah. Do not do that. I, called- we all want to do it. Oh, we yeah. all want to take someone else's inventory. We all sit wonder about their sponsor. Like, what would their sponsor say about this? Are they taking this to their sponsor? But you don't go up to the person and correct their behavior. Like, who the fuck are you? And it's weird on Zoom. Like, I find people are doing this now more frequently because there's chat boxes, right? Mm. Or there's emails or messaging systems. Would you get out of your fucking chair in a meeting while the speaker is speaking and go up and tap somebody on the shoulder and say, uh, excuse me, I, I know there's someone up at the front right now sharing their experience, strength and hope. But what you said to Johnny at the door when he you know, said something, um, I think that's inappropriate and you should watch your behavior. Oh my God, I can't even with that. Like this is why I like groups that shut down the chat because your job is to sit there, shut up and pay attention for an hour And then after all that's done, you're welcome to like message whoever you want to message. But I just don't get the in meeting. And you can see see it when people are like messaging each other when their cameras are on. It's just like that's one of the things that really bothered me about um, online meetings is like the respect and the decorum and the ethics of a meeting in person were suddenly lost. Yeah. I was speaking at a meeting not too long ago and it was a wonderful little group, but I got very distracted because I was on my phone. And all I could just see ding, 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 these messages going on in the chat. Um, Maybe they were good messages. Maybe they were bad. Maybe they had nothing to do with what I was talking about, but I was the the speaker for 20 minutes and I kept getting visually distracted by that. Uh, So that, yeah, I found that uh, disruptive and it wasn't helpful. Um, And like you said, I've wanted to take, I've wanted to take, I have taken people's inventory, not wanted to, I have taken your inventory uh, and uh, played that out in my head, but that's the difference with where I'm at in my program today. I then do a 10 step on it, or I take it to my sponsor. um, And it doesn't go any further than that. It's not my job or my business. Like you said, stay in your own lane, not my circus, not my monkeys, stay in your own lane, mind your own fucking business. Because what's that going to do? You know, uh, for me, a lot of the conflict in my life was because I did put myself in situations in between other people, telling them what to do or making suggestions, you know, the helpful suggestion. We are talked about very clearly on pages 60 to 63 in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous as the actor, the director, the playwright. We're trying to play fucking God. So how is telling someone else about their behavior in a meeting based on your opinion Mm -hmm. any different? 
than that. Well, and it's like, how do you know that that would have landed positively or negatively with that person? How do you know that's not what they needed to hear? Like a Lenny, for example, telling a newcomer or a bunch of drunks and you have fucking options. Like, how do you know that that wasn't something that may initially have hurt you, but then you, he went, he or she would go back and reconsider going, huh? Okay. Like there, there has to be this understanding as it's all throughout our book that our perspective is fucked up. We sometimes have no idea because we're clouded. It's the way human beings were created. We're lovely human beings, but we are never objective. The science of any kind of psychology of human behavior will tell you it is impossible. The obs, the observed, when it, the observed, yeah, when the observer affects the observed, it always does in every circumstance. You take a cell in a Petri dish, put it in the dark, no one looking at it uh, is very different than even when a person is looking through a microscope at them. Like, it's just, we don't know. And it's not for us to police others. That's what we do when we're sick. When we are recovered, we stay in our own lane. Mm. We give advice when we were asked. Like, it's just not that hard, people. Yeah. Like, we actually had a wonderful meeting the other day that I was at. It was a women's meeting. And one of the ladies there is trying to educate all these newcomers who have come in on Zoom about things like the traditions. Oh, there's an interesting concept. Let's talk about the traditions. (laughs) Group governance, you know, service. To a newcomer? (laughs) Well, because it's come up that nobody knows what these things are. Nobody okay. knows what the traditions are because they're not being talked about in a lot of meetings. That's and sometimes true. they're not being adhered to other than the ever popular, you know, we all have a right to be here because we're all alcoholics. That one gets mentioned all the time. Um, three. But uh, yeah, so I like that she was educating it. And in that meeting, a newcomer asked a great question. And the question was um, something along the lines of why, why are there time limits? Like sometimes I, not the word wasn't offended. It was just like, it takes a lot to share. And then I feel that I get rudely interrupted and I'm Mm -hmm. sensitive and it kind of hurts my feelings. I, that I'm vaguely, I don't even know if that's exactly what the person said, but they were brave to ask the question. And then people with a little bit more experience, because this was the type of meeting that it was, there was talk about it. It was a discussion meeting, um, said, well, this is why this is why we do that because it's group conscience. This group decided there would be a timer. Um, I've been to in-person meetings where there was no time limit, but you were asked to govern yourself. Like, hey, there's a lot of people in the room, so there's an interesting concept, eh, Julie? Govern yourself. Well, I don't know about that one, but we didn't. We you think back at St. Clements, we didn't have timers. We didn't have someone sitting there telling you, "Hey, your time's up." That's true. But we did have the, you know, there's 50, 60 people in the room. So please mind your time. Yes. We've all been, someone is like five, six minutes long. And you're like, are you kidding me right now? Yeah. So I told this newcomer person that is so absorbed in what I'm talking about that. I don't even know how long I shared for. So I get it. And I guess as a, as a chairperson at a meeting, there has been a time when someone who has gone on for a really long time, I have been that person who said, I just waited for that right pause and said, thank you for your share. Like interrupted. (laughs) There's a pause. There's an opening. Then, then we move on. But you mentioned something about psychiatrists and I love, I love, you know me, I love talking about Dr. Harry Tebow, um, Mm -hmm. page 569. 
uh, Appendix 3, The Medical View on Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm -hmm. There is a line here that says, I now conceive the psychiatrist's job to be the task of breaking down the patient's inner resistance so that which is inside of him will flower as under the activity of the AA program. And what he's talking about there is breaking down our ego, that Mm -hmm. self-centered thinking, that self-centered nature. So when we get easily hurt and offended, isn't it because we are in ego? Absolutely. The big book talks about we have to smash our ego if we're going to get this thing because victims don't get well. They wallow in the, I'm hurt. All I hear is I'm. Yeah. How about you can be offended, darling. It's okay. The world will not end. We all get offended. Yep. But you're uh, right. It's absolutely ego. It's very clear. It's very easy to see in others. Yeah. And it's, it's been, it's been actually a great learning experience for me too, because like you said, I, I myself have wanted to point out someone's character defects, but thankfully uh, I haven't, I, I restraint of pen and tongue took me like 16 fucking years to get that, but I finally got it and I don't lash out. uh, And I don't tell someone what I think in the, especially in a meeting um, that they did wrong. You know, I might talk to my sponsor about it and then get a gentle reminder like, well, good thing that's none of your fucking business, is it? Yeah. <laughs> you going to spend any more time on that? somebody says in a meeting, which sometimes newcomers do, and I absolutely love it, like, I don't really get this, so I'd appreciate someone talking to me. And then if there is a new, uh, a very seasoned member in the group, they'll be like, great, well, some of us will talk to you after because that is not when you do it in the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise... You have no business talking to someone about their share unless you're like, hey, really resonated with what you said. Thanks so much. Like I felt normalized or whatever. You never go up to someone and correct or give your opinion. No, no, don't. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I don't even know how we got on that topic. What was that about? Oh, I don't like it when people tell me what I've said is wrong. Or, and the newcomer you wanted, you know, we are, um, we are all important in this room. Yes. Yeah. I, imagine if the, the room was run by newcomers, how long would AA last? You know, cause I wanted, I know for me as a newcomer, I came in and I wanted to change everything about AA. Yeah. Well, you, you, there's a higher power. No, I don't want that. <laughs> Let's take that out of there. Yeah. Oh, I got to get rid of my ego. No, that protects me. I need, no, no. I need to keep my ego. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. I can't think about myself. Well, that's bullshit. I'm out of here. Yeah. Right. We just want to change the program to suit ourselves. That's usually what happens. Yeah. Great topic. Thank you so much for bringing it up. And if you have a topic you would like to discuss with us, well, not discuss with us. Actually, we should have a guest again soon. That would be fun. I'd love that. Yeah. If you'd like to be a guest on our show, you can email us to soberchicks at gmail.com. Or if you have a topic that you want us to rant and rave about for 20 minutes, then you can also send us an email at that address. Well, let's just say just because you want to be on the show doesn't mean you will. We had an experience a couple of years ago where I was in a meeting and there was a guy there that I thought would be great on the show. And we soon discovered he was fucking insane and probably would have stalked me. 
So just because you want to be on the show doesn't mean you'll be on the show. But there's a small betting process. We have had in the past have just written us a little bit about their experience, strength and hope. And we've thought we got to have that person on to chat a little bit. And now with this format, it makes it kind of uh, interesting and easier to do that. Yeah. Three of us can be in three different locations and have this chat uh, kind of like an interview. Uh, yeah. But really, it's all about sharing experience, strength, and hope. Yeah. Um, yes. And speaking of Harry Tebow, did you listen to my episodes on Harry Tebow? I know they were long, but I, I do. Not. I don't just read them. I do comment on them. So if you get a chance, I hope that you will give me your feedback okay. on this sometime. Yeah. Um, and we have that really fun episode from New Year's Eve. I thought that was a hoot. We had a whole bunch of okay. guests and how to stay sober. So we hope that you're finding some uh, some comfort in not being alone and hopefully some helpful tips that have helped you stay sober uh, and stay in your own fucking lane. I'm Lisa. Hit that I'm Julie. <laughs> and this has been another edition of Two Silver Chicks. Happy 24. Happy 24.